The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the galaxy's first interactive triple that you can control with your very own smartphone. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. This is Robert O'Reilly, Chancellor Garon, on Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Glory to you and your house. Podfleet Command. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant and the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings to you, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, and welcome to Fenway Park. I mean, the Trek Geeks Podcast. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and this is episode number 250-250. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So with without further ado, I shall welcome my co-host for all 250 of these episodes. He is the largely forgettable Dan Davidson. Dan... Uh, happy 250, buddy. 250. Wow. Congratulations, my friend. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, it's. I'm glad to have been sitting in this chair for 250 episodes, looking at you in the camera every single time. It's good to be here, though. Very excited. Uh, I, if memory, you know, serves, the first few episodes we didn't actually use video. Thank you. Thank yeah. God. Rather. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you know, it seems like it's been 500 but that's okay. I still love it. Love you, pal. It's, in all seriousness, it's great to be here. It's, it's amazing that we've hit that uh, that number, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, I'm It's really pretty, amazing. I'm pretty excited <laughs> to be here because we're continuing uh, to celebrate uh, Black History Month, which is always cool. We are. So, you know, for our milestone episodes in the past, we've done something really special. We figured, well, there's a milestone that occurs during the month of February, and the mm-hmm. best way we can celebrate that is to continue our celebration of Black History Month. And today we're bringing on a pretty special podcaster. Yeah, we really are. Um, we're very uh, happy to welcome David Majors from the Promenade Merchants podcast uh, to the show this week for a really great episode and discussion about the one, the only, Jake Sisko. You know, it's amazing because I went to David and asked him what he wanted to do for the show because we gave all of the guest podcasters freedom to choose their topic. And... And he came back with the selection of Jake, and I thought that was brilliant. 
Yeah, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on if you like the character or not, there is not a lot of discussion about Jake, or there hasn't been over the years. And he really plays a pretty significant role um, in the series, of course, being Ben's uh, son and not having a, a wife slash mother anymore. Um, so uh, it, it's surprising that there isn't as much um, talk and love that we've seen uh, for Jake. But you and I have both appreciated the character. Uh, absolutely. And we can't wait to hear what he has to say coming up later on. But first, Dan, would you regale the audience on how they can get in touch with us on their thoughts on Jake or anything else? Regalement commencing. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can get There's a whole bunch of ways that you can get in contact with us. And we definitely want to hear from you. You can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact. And there you can send us an email, a voicemail. You can chat with us or you can tweet right to us. Also, please head on over to Camp Kittimer. It's the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network over on the Book of Faces. It is the most positive Trek group on Facebook. We will say that. We don't allow trolling. We don't allow gatekeeping. We only want people celebrating what they love about Star Trek. So just search for Camp Kittimer. Request to be let in. We're going to let you right in. And we want to thank our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark, for the amazing job that they do running that campus. They do just a fantastic job. But please remember that any comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode, Bill. Oh, I didn't realize you were going to sing the the last part of that. See? Yeah, no Spotify break there because there's no song about comments or messages yet. I just did it. Great. Dan, it's that time of year, and we tell those we love the most how very special they are and how much we love them. So I'm not going to be telling you anything, actually. Wow. Nice. Jerk. Anyway, yes, <laughs> love is in the air, Bill, uh, for some of us anyway. And and what a better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than by giving your Star Trek fans some special new pins from our friends over at Fansets. They always have great new pins available. And coming your way on February 15th, you can add the following to your or your loved one's collection. Elnor, hint, choose to live. Raffi, Picard, Picard Episode 6, The Impossible Box, and Episode 7, Nepenthe, all from Star Trek Picard Season 1, and the very latest from the awesome Women of Trek collection, Dr. Beverly Crusher. That is just awesome news. I can't wait. I'm going to be buying them, or maybe someone who cares about me will, so I guess I'll be buying them myself. Yeah, and you'll probably pay double. All I can say to our listeners, Dan, is engage. Head on over to fansets.com, put a bunch of stuff in your cart, and then at checkout, be sure to enter this week's special Trek Geeks discount code word, Jake. That's J-A-K-E in all capital letters for an amazing 10% off your entire order. Now, this offer will be good until February 17th, 2021 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Plus, don't forget when you spend more than $30, you're automatically going to get free shipping in the United States. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Hey friends, Science Division is teaming up with Star Trek Online for a fantastic deal. And trust me, this is one that you really don't want to miss. This is really just incredibly cool. For a limited time, you can unlock free in-game items for Star Trek Online for your PC when you order the Galaxy's First Interactive Tribble from Science Division. Using their special offer code, you can unlock the following items. A Rainbow Tribble, which is pretty cool. And then a Federation Elite Starter Pack for Federation-aligned captains only. And this grants access to the following. A T6 Reliant Class Advanced Light Cruiser, 
12 inventory slots, 12 bank slots, two bridge officer slots. This one's really cool. A Borg bridge officer. Whoa. <laughs> 14 Mark II very rare space gear. Seven Mark II very rare ground gear. And a Starfleet Academy uniform. That is awesome. You know what else is awesome, Bill? My face? Star Trek Online is not dangerous. Anyway, um, you're going to get an additional $5 off the adoption of your Science Division Tribble. All you have to do is go to sciencediv.com and use the special discount code REBORN. That's R-E-B-O-R-N in all capital letters. You have to move fast, though, because this offer is only available for a limited time and is only good while supplies last. These codes for Star Trek Online are also valid for the PC version of the game only, so please keep that in mind. You can get all the details at ScienceDIV.com, so head on over there and start your triple adoption today. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun, and we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. What's up, everybody? David here, also known as DJM. Uh, thank you so much to the Trek Geeks, Bill and Dan, for inviting me for February and being a part of uh, this month. It's it's really an honor. It's really a privilege. I'm I'm humbled and I'm excited to talk about Star Trek with all of you. And when this was suggested to me, uh, I had to really actually think about exactly what I wanted to do uh, regarding. Black History Month and Star Trek, uh, because recently uh, with the Trek podcast out there, I've kind of talked a little bit about Ben Sisko and Far Beyond the Stars a, a couple of times already. So I felt like mm, I'm I'm a little I'm a little over that personally, and just for myself, I, I'm ready to talk about something else. But I had a little bit of a tough time figuring out exactly what that was. So I asked someone who knows me and knows Star Trek just as well as I do. And that was my sister, Maymuna. And I asked, Maymuna, I've got this thing going on with the Trek Geeks where they're inviting content creators to talk about things in Star Trek for Black History Month. And I had a conversation with Maymuna, and her suggestion was Jake Sisko, Ben Sisko's son on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And I thought that was brilliant. In fact, I thought it was so brilliant that I felt like it would be for the first time ever, I am inviting my big sister on to do a podcast with me. It's a brother-sister podcast, so everybody, please welcome my big sister, May Muna. May, thank you so much for doing this with me. Hello out there, Internet. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Thank you for inviting me, my dear brother. I am excited. Uh, me too. Me too. I feel like this is a long time coming. Sure. Um, so your suggestion was Jake Sisko. And for me, it hit like a bolt of lightning. Like, of course, uh, Jake Sisko would be perfect for me to talk about. But I would like you to tell everyone out there listening uh, why you made that suggestion for Jake Sisko to me. Okay. Well, confession, I am DS9 deficient. 
And I noticed that it came out when I graduated from high school and then also when I graduated from undergrad. So there's a huge gap where I was super busy. So now I'm just catching up. And the thing that struck me is the relationship between Jake Sisko and his dad, Benjamin. And it just really reminded me of you and your dad. So I thought it was just on point and on target. I I felt like that was a a great, great parallel with Ben Mm -hmm. and Jake Sisko. I've seen that parallel with Ben and Jake myself, uh, especially Mm -hmm. in recent years. It's something that I've really thought about recently uh, in the last Mm -hmm. few years after my dad passed away. And um, just for the record, everybody, we're only going to spend a little bit of time on The Visitor. We're not going to spend too much time on it because just personally, I've only watched it once in the last couple of years since my dad passed away in 2017. And, well, honestly, it's just a little bit of a tough watch. I can't do Mm -hmm. it. And we'll just we'll talk about it a little bit. But right now we're we're going to go a little bit into DS9 and and tell me, May, what were your impressions uh, so far with DS9 and what's your impressions on Jake Sisko so far? My first, first impression is it, he's so tall. <laughs> like, he's just a tall person. But then also, I really, really enjoyed how he was able to actually age on screen. And they didn't make it really painful. You could see the voice changing. And they kind of wrote it into the script, just him maturing and everything. And then being able to get him his own storylines, you know, Jake-centered episodes. I thought that was really great. Uh, I completely agree with that. And also one thing that I always liked about Jake is that he started on the show as a kid, but they didn't try and make him like a boy genius or or something really out of the ordinary. They didn't try to. Sorry, Will, if you hear this. Sorry, Will Wheaton. They didn't try and Wesley Crusher him. And they didn't try and shoehorn in him into so many different things in DS9. He was, in so many ways, just a very normal kid and had a very normal relationship with his father, who happened to be a Starfleet captain. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, he was a normal kid. He had friends or a friend, Nog, who we'll definitely mm-hmm. talk about a little bit. Um, what you've seen of the relationship with Jake and Nog, May, uh, how do you feel about that one? Because there, there's something that I really want to dig into on that, too. So um, the relationship between Jake and Nog, I feel that. Oh, what? how do I even say this? Like, it's so obvious to me, like, and I don't want to use the word trope, but that's what comes into mind, their relationship and how they are friends in, despite everyone's misgivings. You know, they got to know each other. They got past each other's outward appearance and outward species difference and got to be really, really good friends. And I thought that was absolutely great. Precious it's, even. It's <laughs> very Star Trek, isn't it? It's very yes. Star Trek. That you get past those superficial differences. And you remember that there were a few episodes early on in season one, uh, like some of the episodes that I showed you. I think it was uh, the Nagus, where we first saw the Grand Nagus, where Ben, Ben Sisko, was kind of like, "Mm, I don't know how you feel. I I don't know how I feel about you hanging out with that kid, Nog. He's Mm -hmm. a Ferengi, and Mm -hmm. I I don't think humans and Ferengi can get along too much. But then you saw that later on that 
those two did a lot of good for one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to the point that later on, that it was Nog that got Captain Sisigo's recommendation to join Starfleet Academy and become a Starfleet officer. So we all grew a little bit over time. And this all started with Jake kind of finding a way to step out of his father's shadow. And I think that's something every kid needs to find their way on because sure. throughout the series they touched it on on it once or twice where jake kind of talked about joining starfleet maybe but then he decided not to and captain cisco to his credit fully supported him and i, I saw that and i thought that was really cool may that he didn't necessarily f- want to follow in his father's footsteps, but supported him going his own direction. And I think that is really important to have seen on the screen because Jake really does admire and love his dad, but also coming into his own and the support of his father, letting him know that it's okay to do your own thing. I'm still proud of you. I'll support you in anything that you do. That's really, really important. And then also I just, I just had a flash because, and it, I hope it's okay. I mentioned certain things about your dad. I hope it's okay. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay. Like your dad was in the military. You went in the military. Um, like your dad like went to government work and you did not. So, but what I do know is that he still say, hey, do what you got to do. Just do it. And that was really, I really, really keyed in on that. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> Uh, There were times where I would say that uh, my relationship with my dad uh, was a little bit frostier than Jake and Ben Sisko had, but we we did reconcile and we did recover because we we understood that while we're not the same people, uh, we we still have a a deep love and respect for one another, and And you saw yes, and you saw that through all of ds9 through everything even Mm -hmm. when uh, each of them had to make tough decisions like there was an episode later on in season six and season seven where uh captain cisco uh he was having visions from the prophets of bajor and was causing him to essentially his brain was starting to fail because Mm. the visions were so intense and so vivid uh and Eventually, it got to the point where if Dr. Bashir didn't do surgery to save Captain Sisko's life, he would actually die because Mm. his brain was taking so much intense data from the prophets. And it came on Jake, who was the next of kin, that had to do it. And Jake was still young at the time. He was 18 at the time, but he was still really, really young. So to make a tough decision like that is, it's really big. And you Mm -hmm. see just how important that father-son connection is. And it's something that I've seen talked about so much that in the 90s, you did not see too many examples of that connection between a black son and a black father. You did not see a lot of that in the 90s. And so those that's very one of the things I um, think about in terms of representation during the 90s, which might be part of the reason why, you know, there was a gap for me 
watching TV because like you said, that relationship wasn't there. But then also, um, <laughs> I honestly saw Avery Brooks the season one and I said, oh boy, what are they going to do with this man? And I didn't tune in, but rewatch just so you know, I'm only up to season five now. But now he was his character was able to grow along with Jake. And it was just very well written for, you know, Star Trek. I do have some of the qualms away how some of the characters are written. But what I noticed, there was a care written into those two characters. And, you know, I just really wanted to point that out. Absolutely. Uh, That was actually something that was talked about in the What You Left Behind documentary uh, early on. How season one, Ben Sisko, Avery Brooks, there was a conscious effort to kind of tone down Hawk just a little bit. Ah, got it. Okay. Yeah, because at the time, DS9 was still with the idea of this ain't your daddy Star Trek. And it was, at the time, still a little too much for a lot of Trekkies to see Ben Sisko. So, yes, in the beginning, Rick Berman, uh, mm. he, he was toned down a little bit. But the cast, the writers, Avery Brooks, everybody was like, okay, let, let's let's let Avery be himself a little more let's let's let the man be who he wants to be so it and eventually over time that that was part of the plan essentially Mm, it was it was a conscious effort to grow the character and evolve the character because so much about ds9 was about growth and evolution and having these characters that are stationary but they're still growing and evolving and we're seeing them grow over time and Mm -hmm. that that was a part of it and it was all met with positive results you won't find anyone that doesn't love that has seen ds9 and doesn't love what Avery Brooks did, or Sirach Lofton, for that matter, as right. Jake. Sirach uh, Lofton got lots of positive praise for his portrayal as Jake Sisko. And when you're a kid on a TV show that is mostly adults, and you're also growing up, <laughs> that that is a lot to take on. And Sirach Lofton... I always thought really deserved a lot of credit for it. I really do. Yeah. He lends a certain gravitas, even at his young age to the show. And one of the things that like, why isn't he in more stuff? Like, where is he? <laughs> and, um, well, I you know. know he does have a podcast. I don't okay. think he acts full time. Uh, okay. But I know that he does do the conventions here and there. And hmm. he, he does do a podcast where he talks about uh, the ds9 and and aaron eisenberg who passed away so he's he's sort of in the public eye at least within the trek space Uh, i think that if he wanted to he probably would do more acting but i don't think he's like really really all the way out there but i think that he he did a lot of really good work just being a teenager on on, on TV. TV on TV growing up before everybody's eyes uh and wearing some of those wonderful outfits that you saw on <laughs> DS9 
uh, that 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 was oh. something that I that I never miss an opportunity to appreciate is some of the outfits that they wore on DS Nine. Whether it was like Ben and Jake when they were like in civilian attire, or mm-hmm. whether it was Quark and some of his amazing outfits. Uh, th- there was there was some culture on DS Nine that it, and it was all over the place. Okay, so I'll have to look out for that, but I did notice like um, a lot of earth tones. And I don't know if that was intentional to keep them grounded because, of course, DS9 is a, is a space station. So you don't leave that often. You know, going back to Earth is a trip or going to Bejor. So I just was wondering about the lots of Earth colors, the oranges, the burnt oranges, the shades of green. Was that intentionally done to keep them grounded and make sure you remember that they are, you know, members of the Federation from Earth? Uh, I think the general idea with that one was the the idea was since it was originally a Cardassian space station, and ah. then it it was taken over by the Federation and the Bajorans. The general idea is Ben Sisko has his fingerprints all over the station, and that it's been kind of remade in his image. Mm, and see. if you've spent if. In the scenes in DS9 where you see Ben's quarters, you'll see a lot of similarities. So a lot of DS9 is put in his image. Okay, good to note. Duly noted as I continue to watch. Are are you going to get into Voyager? You going to watch Voyager? You know what? Um, No comment. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, I'll try and get her, you guys. I'll try and get her to watch Voyager, see what she thinks. Um, but yeah, so far, uh, tell me what you've enjoyed seeing from uh, Ben and Jake, just in general. Uh, what you've enjoyed from Ben and Jake. Uh, I don't know if you've met Cassidy Yates yet. Uh, if you've seen Cassidy, uh, just tell me how you're feeling. What I am, how I'm feeling is I think whoever the casting director was and the screen tests, those screen tests must have been like out of sight because the chemistry between those two, it was really like, and I, and I read this, I did some digging on the internet and I read that they really, really bonded and you can see it on the screen and you can also see that relationship grow as the seasons go by. And so I really, really love the relationship that they play, that they play in, you know, I just really enjoy seeing that. And then the back and forth. And then it wasn't always syrupy sweet. They got into conflicts like parents and children do. They got into conflicts like old lions and young lions do. Just that whole dynamic I enjoy seeing play out. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely does. It was okay. It was very, very real. It was very okay. real. Okay. And I think that's something that DS9 did really well. They made real people out of their show on this station. Mm-hmm. And you saw that with Jake especially. He he wasn't he wasn't a wonder kid. Uh, he was his own man who eventually grew up to be a writer and he he became a reporter. And I think that was something that was really really cool and something i wish ds9 had more time and opportunity to explore uh it's kind of my dream that in this new era of star trek we get 
a chance to see more of Jake Sisko and explore his writing career and explore his reporting career because I think there's a lot you can do with that. I think, especially just now with the way the world is, there's mm-hmm. there's so much you could do with that. Just the idea of Jake Sisko as this journalist traveling through space, uh, reporting on the stories in the Federation or, or wherever. I, I think that would be something really, really fun and really, really cool. Um, May, I, yes. I'm really interested in when you're done with DS9. I would really love to know your overall thoughts. Like, we okay. could definitely just talk about DS9 right now. In fact, you know what? <laughs> Let's do it. Th- this is our podcast. We're doing this. Uh, just give me your quick rundown. You're five seasons in. How are you feeling about DS9 now? Um, I am feeling, honestly, it's a lot going on for me. You know, okay. um, just getting to know all the characters outside of the ones that I already know. It's like, O'Brien, oh, okay, got him. But it's just really getting to know the characters, getting to know their arc. And, you know, the internet has a way of kind of pushing you ahead. And I don't want to do that. So no spoiler alerts, please. What I just am, I am struck at the casting. The people, you know how you see some shows and people never jail? They seem to have jailed. And I understand there was some actual off-screen jailing (laughs) that happened. And um (laughs) Also, the writers took a lot of chances, which I applaud. You know, sometimes they fall flat or some people will call them they trying too hard. But I I just really applaud the effort of them pushing the envelope to your point. You said earlier, this isn't your dad's Star Trek because we talk about this. I am a TNG head. I am. Some of it hasn't aged well. Got it. And so the the market difference between um, TNG and DS9 is really, really interesting to see. What I am looking forward to is um, Worf's evolution. Okay. Okay. Yes. You'll get there for sure. It it will be something to watch. Uh, Guys, my sister is a big fan of the Klingons. So that that was one really big reason that I've tried to push DS9 on her because there's a lot of Klingon quality stuff in DS9, especially after Worf gets there, you'll see Gowron plenty, you'll see Martox plenty, you'll see plenty of good Klingon stuff in DS9, May. That that much good I can stuff. tell you. Good stuff, good stuff. I'm looking forward to it. So okay, um, I'm especially interested in when you get to the episodes with Quark and Grilka. You'll meet Grilka. She is a Klingon okay. woman, and she is a queen, and she's great. Okay, her mm, that that ought to be interesting because you know how you know how Ferengis are about females. <laughs> yes, and and it's great. It's great. Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, everybody, thank you all for listening. I told you this was going to be quick, May. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you all for listening to me talk about Jake Cisco and DS9 on the whole. I'm trying to get my big sister to get on the DS9 train, everybody. Uh, like her, I grew up with TNG, then DS9 and Voyager and all the rest. So I'm trying to pull her back into the fold, just like I got pulled back in. So thank you all for listening. Everybody, this is my big sister, Maymuna. You can follow her on Twitter at 
Dahaven one seventy six. That's D A Heaven O N E seventy six. She's really cool. I'm completely biased. She's my favorite person in the world. Thank you all for listening. Big thanks again to Bill and Dan. Thank you to the Truck Geeks. If you feel like following me along, I'm at Call Me DJM on Twitter. I host a Star Trek podcast of my own called the Promenade Merchants Podcast with my buddy Heather Kirby. We talk about Star Trek, old business, new business, and upcoming business. We are in every podcast aggregator there is. Look for us by name. We are the Promenade Merchants. You could follow us on Twitter at Prom Trek Pod. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Live long with the profits and walk with the prosper. Live long and prosper. Well, Dan, first, we have to thank David and his sister, Maimuna, for coming in and talking about Jake Sisko. Um, you know, I, I thought about it, and, and this is a character that most of us have just not given enough credit mm-hmm. because we were happy that Jake just wasn't Wesley. And that really has been a disservice to the character over the years. It really has. And, and it's too bad that, you know... <laughs> Shatner and and other actors have always had to live with the stigma of 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 being just in that role. Always going to be known as Kirk. Always going to be known as Spock or Picard or whatever. And I think that when the character of Jake was created, everybody was like, "Oh, it's just another Wesley. Oh, it's just going to be another Wesley. Another kid on the show. It's going to be ridiculous." And it really wasn't. He had so much. And not to give anything away from Wesley, there were times in the early parts of Trek where it was a little hard to take. But Wesley was a good character, but. Jake was extremely important in the series. Um, we actually got to watch this person grow up before our eyes. I mean, if you think about it, we watched him crawling through Jeffrey's tubes with Nog in the emissary. And then we saw him as a teenager lose his dad. And then as an old man coping with that loss still in the visitor. And then back in the real universe, which was kind of actually a reset button. I'm not going to get into that. We actually <laughs> saw how he dealt with the horrors of the Dominion War when he was stuck in that crater with the soldier who was bleeding out and nor the battle to the strong. His his life over the course of the seven years of Deep Space Nine was really interesting to watch, sort of like Nog. And I just think the character is is wonderful. I appreciate the character arc that Jake has. And um, I, I really have a newfound respect and love for the character. And I, I really am grateful to, to David and Maimuna for, for highlighting a lot of that today. So our, our sincere thanks to them for, for coming to Trek geeks with their voices and, uh, and for talking about Jake, because uh, it really was nothing short of fantastic. Absolutely. And, and I have now just a whole new love for um, couch upholstery. Um, so if I, you want to get your wardrobe updated, uh, let's just go talk to Ciroc. Maybe he's got some stuff left over. Jake was the best dressed character on Deep Space Nine, and I'm going <laughs> to die on this hill. Okay, he certainly was awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, we also have to we want to talk a little bit about the fact that this is the 250th episode of Trek Geeks. Um, it's it's it takes a lot of work to produce a weekly podcast, and you and I have done this now for six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we average about 
40 plus episodes a year, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it, it's amazing to think that it just seemed like just yesterday we did our hundredth episode and this is really kind of blowing me away. I know it really is. You sit back and you think it's funny because I have uh, on my, on my computer screens, uh, going through my desktop wallpaper is just a, a read, uh, just goes through all of the album covers for every episode since we started. And I'll look over as I'm working on my work machine, I'll look over at my podcast machine and I'll see album covers. I'm like, Oh my God, that was episode 20. It seemed like it was two weeks ago, but it was over five and a half years ago. I mean, it's just amazing to think, but I think that shows how much fun we're having with it and how much we love doing it. It's not, it's, you know, there are times where it's it's difficult to do a podcast because life events are happening and sometimes things are on your mind, but it's been so fun. And 250 episode, dude, I got to say, just the beginning, just the beginning. At least that's uh, how I feel. We don't Sorry. get to stop? Uh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, when you start something like this, you have no idea how long it's going to last for. Yeah. Um, it could be 10 episodes. It could be 20. It could be 100 um, to think that we're at 250 and, and, and on our way to 300 soon, it's, it's really kind of mind blowing this time next year, we'll be edging on 300 and, uh, uh, who knows what we'll have planned for that one. If I, rem- if I think correctly, it's 50 episodes from now. Huh? You're good. You're yeah. good. Math is not hard. Nope. Amy, love you. <laughs> and then, uh, and then before we start closing this out, we, we do want to, we made the general announcement on social media and we want to share it with you all today that, uh, um, we have been chatting with the sci-fi sisters for a while now, and we are thrilled to welcome them officially as a member of the Trek geeks podcast network. Um, and it's the feedback on their episode has been great. We started talking to them about it a couple of weeks before that. And we are just insanely uh, excited that they are part of the family. Now, Dan, we like to think of our network is really different and special because it's 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 the truest definition of Star Trek fans and their love for Star Trek. And they wear their emotions on their sleeve when it comes to talking about Star Trek. And this group of ladies is the absolute epitome of what that definition is. That episode that we had on last week for our, our first uh, episode for Black uh, History Month was just phenomenal and they are like this in real life they are so passionate about the things they talk about so we actually said we got to bring them on we got to do this we got to see if they want to come on and and we're very lucky and honored to have them joining the network it's going to be great the mothership is docking at Podfleet command and we could not be more happy about it we we absolutely could not be more happy you are correct so um more to come from them there'll be a you'll you'll see them added to the various trekkies platforms very soon and, uh, and we welcome them. It's good to have them come aboard. Of course, we have to thank our friends to band five-year mission without whom this podcast would contain a whole lot more of your voice, Dan. And we try to prevent that as much as possible. But uh, for all their music, go on and head on out to their website at fiveyearmission.net. Get all their albums, put those CDs in your hands and get the physical media because you're just going to love the band. Fiveyearmission.net and sincere thanks to them for all they do. I'm going to have to ask them if they want to have a guest singer on one of their upcoming songs so I can do it. So then I will be in the music that you will have to listen to all the time. No, that will never happen. Anyway, that will never happen. Bill, I was thinking, oh, geez, poor, poor Riker having to deal with a bad role that showed up to restart his illegal testing of a Federation cloaking device. Ugh, didn't enough people die the first time, man. Wasn't it enough that a mutiny was started on the ship? 
I mean, the Treaty of Algeron prohibited this from happening, but I'll tell you what, Pressman wanted to be able to sneak around and spread five-year mission songs to all the planets in the known galaxy. And he, he said that, it, that the cloaking device was giving the Romulans a tactical advantage. But everyone loves five-year missions, so I sneak around and do it. I don't know. All I know is that he wants to do it again. So please, check out the episode and, and feel bad for Riker like we do. It's the Pegafarks. With feel, um, yeah, feel bad for Riker. How about feel bad for our audience who just had to listen to that farkism? <laughs> Sorry, no. I, I, it may okay. It might not have been one of my best, but it's still a farkism, which makes it anything better than you'll put out. Might have been. <laughs> I, I almost. I, I'm surprised you didn't call him Admiral Farksman. No, see, that's just not. See, that's why I do these, and you don't. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> fiveyearmission.net please go get all the band's albums and listen to their podcast here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network because it really is pretty fantastic don't forget you too can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to us on Patreon where you can get all kinds of exclusive perks Daniel oh yeah pins shirts uh, you know uh, being named in each episode and, and maybe even being a guest on an episode they're all possible perks and there might be new ones coming out I'm just saying Anyway, uh, we want to take a moment right now, though, to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks. We are so grateful for their support, as always. So thank you, Dave Andrews, Vikram Bhatt, Luke Burnham, Brad DeMag, William Edward M. Jr., Brandon Everidge, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Jonathan Hamilton, Ryan Jeffs, John Krikorian, Sean Lynn, Rick Mason, Jamie McGregor, Aaron Molenkoff, Shane Murray, Tim Robertson, Greg Rozier, Eric Sakian, Adam Sanders, Blake Strike, Tim Serdar, Heather Sohn, Jim Stoffel, Lisa Tomlinson, Jessica Dax Vincent, Trey Womack, Ron Robel, and the gracious and wonderful Conrad Hutchins. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. We also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Al Godwin, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Tony Lambast, Lionel Marchand, Darren Metcalf, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Chris Trebuzio, Jude Tatman, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashon. You too can become a producer on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, and it is so easy to do. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Dan, next week, we continue our month-long celebration of Black History Month with a couple of just amazing guest podcasters. I'm really excited about this one. Very, very excited. Not only are they amazing, but the subject of next week's discussion is arguably one of the best and most powerful episodes of Deep Space Nine. Next week, we're going to welcome Lance Laster and Cavante Chillis from Always Hold On to Arrow over at the United Federation of Podcasts to discuss the truly amazing Far Beyond the Stars. Next time on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Uh, This is one I'm looking forward to. Remember, we did an episode on Far Beyond the Stars called The Dreamer and the Dream a long, long time ago. But I can't wait to hear what they have to say about this just powerful and impactful episode of television. I think it's going to be a really special tribute. Of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Of course, in addition to Rewind and Politrex and Five-Year Mission, Infinite Trek and Deep Space Pride, you can now hear the, well, 
kind of latest podcast to the network, <laughs> <laughs> The Divine Treasury, a Star Trek collectibles podcast with Jamie Rogers and Mike Bovia. And I say almost latest because we just announced Sci-Fi Sisters, another yes. great addition to the network. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek CEO, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been the 250th episode of the Trek Geeks Podcast. Thank you, live long, and prosper. Cry coconut, and let's slip the docks of wall. I'll allow it. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.